1: Hey everybody, it's Drags and it's Wednesday, July 24th, time for episode 308 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at com, and follow us on Twitter at Patriots CLNS. Welcoming back this week, Evan Lazar of com, covering the NFL and the Patriots. Follow him as always on Twitter. At E-Z-L-A-Z-A-R. Training camp is finally here for the Patriots. And I cannot wait, Evan.
0: Let's do it. I'm so excited. I'm like a kid on Christmas morning once training camp starts. I mean, this is probably one of my favorite times of the year, to be honest.
1: Well, and the reason that is, is we can actually watch the Patriots hold practice. And for those who are not as familiar... Uh, or don't follow the uh, weekly activities of the Patriots week in and week out during the year, our access to the team actually practicing uh, essentially ends three or three and a half weeks into training camp.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people, this is a point that I think a lot of fans don't know. Actually, Absolutely. That we are not out there watching practice in the middle of november you know when the team is getting ready to play kansas city (laughs) we're we're not out there so we get the first 10 maybe 15 minutes on certain days when it's essentially just stretching and basic positional drills every strategy all that kind of stuff happens well after the media leaves the practice field
1: first some unfortunate news to open camp and well it doesn't seem too too disastrous It still gives you a moment to pause. Julian Edelman spotted in my neck of the woods, lincoln Budbury High School on Saturday. uh, Evan wearing a brace on his left left wrist thumb. Adam Schefter and Field Yates subsequently reporting on Monday that it is a sprained thumb that will keep him out about three weeks, putting his return roughly at two or three, uh, week two or three of the preseason. Maybe right around the first home preseason game of August 22nd against the Panthers. To me, look, this just means more early reps for Braxton Berrios, Philip Dorsett, Dontrell Inman, and Maurice Harris. Your initial thoughts?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, everything that I've heard about this injury is that it is nothing to panic about if you're a Patriots fan. Edelman's going to be fine. He's going to be fine for week one. And I think a lot of Patriots training camp has become kind of like club med for a lot of these older guys. A lot of these veteran as players, as it should, I think. Yeah, a lot of these veteran players that they can know they can count on, they know know the system, they know are in good spots physically and mentally for the season. Kind of are handled with bubble wrap, and I think a certain a couple of these guys that you've seen starting the year on the pup list, like Edelman, who isn't on the pup list technically, but I believe uh, is not going to practice at all in any capacity. So might as well be uh, Sony Michelle. For instance, these are all just kind of, you know, this is this is protective precautionary type stuff. Who do you think
1: this benefits the most in terms of added reps and a chance to win a spot?
0: Yeah, well, I think it definitely helps. Like the guys that you mentioned, um, Braxton Barrios, I think is probably the best, like one for one guy that's going to see the most uptick in snaps. But guys that are at that are fighting because right now, the way that I look at it, unless Josh Gordon or Demarius Thomas make a, a miraculous appearance in August at some point for this team, it's really Edelman, Nikhil Harry, and Philip Dorsett, and then everybody else. You know, the fourth and the fifth spot on the depth chart, I think, is really what the spots that are. Open for this team right now. So you're talking about Maurice Harris. You're talking about Baxton Barrios. You're talking about Dontrell Inman. I think those guys now have a little bit more of a leg up in terms of snaps and in terms of looks, especially with Tom Brady uh, on the practice field and in these preseason games too. Any idea how it happened? I do not know how it happened, but it is interesting. You know, you never like to see an injury in training or something like this. And we've already seen it with the Falcons and the Broncos who are in the Hall of Fame game. So they're already practicing. There's already been a couple of bad injuries in those practices. So that unfortunately it is just this time of year is the time of year where there's really no good news when it comes to injuries.
1: Speaking with CLNS media colleague Evan Lazar covering the Patriots. And the NFL for CLNS. Support for Patriots Beat comes from Manscaped, the undisputed number one brand in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for... Your family jewels. It's summertime and you know what that means, Evan. It means to keep the boys cool down under. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0, I kid you not, has proprietary skin safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag. Manscaping ap- accidents are finally a thing of the past and don't use the same trimmer on your face. As you're using down below, that's just gross. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PATRIOTS at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Again, get 20% off. And free shipping with the code Patriots at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code P A T R I O T S. That's Patriots. Back with Evan Lazar talking all things Patriots and the NFL for us here on Patriots Speed. Five things we think we know about the 2019 Patriots. Look, we all love lists. But I think this is particularly interesting because what we know and what we don't know about the Patriots going in the training camp, I think, will determine just how far this Patriots team will go. First of all, Tom Brady, still really good, but how far will he, how good will he have to be this year, Evan?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. This is one of those years where I don't, I don't, I hope it doesn't go this direction, but it does kind of have like a 06. 2013 feel to it where Brady kind of needs to be on another level to elevate. Some of these guys now, obviously, I don't think that they're going to have to roll out like Kembrel Tompkins and Aaron Dobson and that whole crew. I think their receiving core, at least that wide receiver is going to be a little bit better than that. But they're going to need Brady to be really, really good this year. Uh Same way they needed him to be really good last year at points. So I don't think it's anything that he has, you know, not dealt with in the past necessarily. But there's going to be some moving parts on this offense and some young guys playing some big roles. And he's going to have to be up for that.
1: Point number two, Julian Edelman is in position for a career year. Aside from the thumb sprain, why do you think that is, Evan?
0: Yeah, so I actually pulled some stats on this and the games that Edelman has played without Rob Gronkowski since 2014, uh, 2016, excuse me. Now, I know a lot of this is different because they've, filled holes and now they have Nikhil Harry and James White and it's a different kind of roster, but Edelman's 16 game average in those games without Gronk. He actually has played 14 without Gronk. He's averaging 90 receiving yards per game. Now it'd be almost 1500 yards. A, a, definitely a career high for Julian and kind of a career year for him. So if you assume that he sees, you know, at least some of those targets numbers that he was seeing in those games without Gronk since 2016, which is it's shaping up to be a huge year for him if you're, you know, looking to add him to your fantasy team or even just for the Patriots.
1: How many double teams does he see throughout the year?
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be – that's, I think, probably the most interesting thing about this offense. And a lot of times I think of it in that respect of, you know, it's Monday or Tuesday of the week and they're playing Pittsburgh week one. Who's the Pittsburgh coaching staff circling on offense? You know, who are the guys that they're saying, if we want to win this game, we have to stop X, Y, and Z of the Patriots' offense. And right now, until we see what Nikhil Harry is all about – Julian Edelman and James White have to be number one and number two besides this offensive line kind of being as a unit a very good group. So I think that Edelman is obviously going to see a ton of the coverage rotated his direction, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the top cover guys start covering James White too, even if he is in the backfield. I think the teams might get creative with that as well. All
1: right, with the issues at the wide receiver core, namely not a lot of uh, – uh, priority names or high profile names I should say uh, coming into the season anyway the Patriots certainly look like they need Nikhil Harry to play like a first round pick
0: yeah and I don't think that this needs to be something like he needs to go and break Terry Glenn's like rookie receiving yards record or Gronk's touchdown record for a rookie in the pads uniform I don't think it needs to be that crazy but they need kind of what they got out of Sonny Michelle last year I would say which is you know 800-850 800-850 yards from scrimmage from Nikhil Harry in the regular season and a guy that they can really rely upon I'm not so sure that they necessarily need him in the third and sixth situations like they have guys like James White and, and Julian Edelman obviously to go do in those spots. I think it's more about the explosive plays. They need somebody to replace. They lost a lot of big plays from guys like Gronk and Josh Gordon too. Tracks, that They don't have a ton of explosiveness in this offense right now out of Nikhil Harry. I think that, that is one of the things that kind of is interested to me early on in the season is if they can find those plays, because that's really what your offense is going to rely on. A lot of analytics nowadays are smartly saying, well, third down is a 60-40, 50-50 40, proposition in favor of the defense, so let's just stay out of third down altogether and just get all the yards on first and second down, right? And that's the big plays. Those are the 20-plus yard passing plays. Where do those come from? I think that Nikhil Harry is the guy that they're hoping is going to deliver those.
1: All right, David Andrews at center, Shaq Basin, and Joe Tooney on either side. Those three form the best interior offensive line in football. That's what we think we know going into this Patriots season. What does that mean for the trends in play calling?
0: Well, I think the good news is, is that I, I'm, I'm comfortable saying that I think that that's the best interior three in the entire NFL. It's, it's probably the best guard tandem and David Andrews is a very, very good center who's certainly not anchoring that position at all. So that's a very strong group. I think the one benefit of it is for the passing game is that we've seen a, a lot with any quarterback that pressure up the middle is an absolute killer. You can really kind of mitigate pressure on the edge and tom brady very seldom gets pressured off the edge and gets into spots where he's uncomfortable because of edge pressure especially strong side edge pressure where he can really see it coming now in terms of The stuff that happens in the interior, that's where things can get a little bit more murky for him. So his ability to be able to step up in that pocket and really rely on those three to be solid is going to be very important. The other thing is is that the Patriots, more than a lot of offensive lines in the league, love to move those guys in the running game. Pull the guards, uh, use a lot of different types of schemes like that that are power-based schemes where they're going to move the interior guys uh, into different directions and make three-man services on one side and do that all that kind of thing that is going to be a big part of this offense as it was last year so having those two guys especially in mason and tooney be so solid i think is really going to have this running game cooking once again
1: all right with names like michael bennett added to the defense already you have dante hightower You have one of the deepest secondaries in football. I think that not only is this defense deep, and I know youth feel the same way, but it's just as versatile as it is deep.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it because they have, and I talked about this a little bit with the secondary, with the cornerbacks, They have a matchup guy for every type of receiver that they're going to face all year long. I mean, they have a six-foot-four corner in Jawan Williams who can go up against any big-body receiver or even some of these receiving tight ends that they have on their schedule. I mean, they're going to play guys like Travis Kelsey. They play the Eagles this year, so they have Zach Ertz on the schedule. They have a bunch of those guys. They have a matchup guy for that they have stefan gilmore obviously who can just match up on anybody that they want but i think the guys that are really key too are the kind of the depth guys and like a jonathan jones for example who did such a great job in the AFC championship game on tyreek hill so they have a speed demon they have a guy in jason mccoy who's just a solid veteran corner that can play multiple schemes zone man combo coverages all that kind of stuff They have a ton of guys in the front seven. They have ability to stop the run and also rush the passer with some subgroups that are going to be lighter and faster. I think all of those things are so good for this team. We saw it in minicamp a lot, too, and I know a lot of people wrote about it, just about the waves and waves of depth that they have on defense where they have, like, probably 20 NFL guys uh, that could probably start on a lot of teams defensively. Now, maybe they don't have, like, an Aaron Donald or a a, a star pass rusher up front, but they have so many different bodies that they can throw at you that they're going to be able to keep those guys fresh.
1: Who do you think comes out of the pack on defense to be the playmaker? Or do you think it's going to be um, different defensive players uh, are going to take their turn throughout the season? Because I think it's probably going to be the latter if, if history is any indication with the Patriots.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to probably be what kind of matchup are they looking at. Now, obviously, late in the season last year, especially in the Super Bowl, it was a ton. of The playmakers were really the linebackers. It was really Van Noy and Hightower who were really getting after the passer, and they were using them in those four- and five-man pressures up front. And they were getting those guys some favorable matchups, some free runs at the quarterback, that kind of thing. They're kind of putting those guys into the pass rush, taking the safety out of the deep part of the field some and moving him closer to the line of scrimmage in a lot of those playground defenses – Those are the things that I think were exciting to see. I'm very interested to see how much of that continues. How much of that was Brian Flores' influence? How much of that was Bill Belichick's influence? I think we're going to find out very quickly. The Patriots obviously usually like to put that safety in the middle of the field. They love to play a lot of post-safety coverages. It helps them bracket guys and mitigate big plays and do some other different things schematically with the secondary. But by moving that safety closer to the line of scrimmage last year, they really started to threaten offense lines with we can bring pressure from anywhere right now we can bring pressure with six or seven different guys usually it was only like four or five guys that ended up actually rushing the passer but just that threat of having those guys there really made it difficult for opposing quarterbacks and offensive lines to get everybody blocked so i hope that that kind of stuff still continues speaking
1: with clns media colleague evan lazar covering the patriots and the nfl for CLNS. Baseball season is in full swing and placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with betonline.ag. This weekend all eyes will be on Fenway Park as the American League leading Yankees come to Boston play the defending World Series champion Red Sox for four huge games. And guess what? Because you're a loyal listener of Patriots Beat and CLNS Media, we are giving you an extra 50% added onto your sports betting bankroll when you go to clnsmedia.com trags and use that promo code CLNS50. Best part is the bonus will be added onto your balance Within seconds, again, support our podcast by going to clnsmedia.com slash T-R-A-G-S and use that promo code CLNS50, a minimum deposit of $25 required to qualify for that bonus. You will receive a 50% bonus on your qualifying first deposit only. Please see Bet Online's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. Back with Evan Lazar of CLNSmedia.com covering the Patriots. All right, we covered the things we think we know about the 2019 Patriots going into training camp, which opens on Thursday. What about the things we don't know yet? Who will play left tackle in week one, Evan?
0: Yeah, I think we hope we know the answer to this question, right? I mean, I think we hope we know that it's going to be Isaiah Wynn. But the question is, is he physically, mentally, all those types of things, is he ready for it? I think he's gonna be ready for it, but it's a tough ask. He's essentially a rookie. He has eight preseason snaps under his belt and that's it. So then if it really after him, it's getting kinda of murky behind him, you know, Yannicka Juiced is a prospect that I like but he's going to be on the NFI list to start camp so he's also dealing with some injury stuff and is it going to be Joe Tooney is Joe Tooney going to end up having to slide over one spot to his left and play out there in space at left tackle out of necessity it's not what's best for the team in the long run but it might have to be what happens just for the first month of the season until they get Isaiah Wynn rolling
1: will we see Josh Gordon or Demarius Thomas this season
0: I think that this is one of the bigger questions in terms of the ceiling of this offense, especially if we just go off the assumption that Rob Gronkowski is not coming back this year, which I mean, I think that we can say right now at least that it doesn't look like it. So if that's the case, then one of these two guys could really make a huge impact. We already know what Josh Gordon can bring to the table. Last year, he was one of the more efficient big play receivers that Tom Brady has ever had. And that's pretty remarkable to say, seeing that Randy Moss and Gronk and a lot of really good big play receivers have played in this offense. He was among them in all sorts of types of statistical categories. So that's, you know, something I think that is worth looking into. Demarius Thomas is the guy that I think uh, a lot of fans kind of gets glued to that name, Demarius Thomas, and the former pro bowler and a guy that had, I think it was 6,000-yard seasons in a row for Denver. But he's not the same guy. So – I'm, you know, kind of a little bit more cautiously, uh, you know, not as much on that bandwagon, I would say, as what would happen if they bring Josh Gordon back. I think that would be massive for the team. But even still, Demarius Thomas is still a veteran receiver, still been around the block, knows what he's doing on the football field. So maybe, you know, they get a little bit something out of him in this twilight of his career here. But I would definitely kind of stress that Demarius Thomas is not the same player that he once was so don't expect him to come back and be the same guy
1: now I know you and Sierra Goodwill kind of did a deep dive on this the backup quarterback is no longer a sure thing we don't know if it's going to be Brian Hoyer or the rookie Jarrett Stidham out out of Auburn do we
0: no we don't know yet and I think the biggest thing is is that Are it's two kind of sides of the coin. Are you going to go with Hoyer's experience and kind of the steadiness that he presents behind Tom Brady and also the reliability in terms of scout team and scouting and game planning during the week and kind of the little things that he does on the side as well for this Patriots team? Are you going to go with a guy that they obviously feel like could be in a long-term investment in their long-term plans and Stidham? If Stidham outplays Hoyer in the preseason and in training camp, can you kind of justify keeping all three guys on the 53 just because Hoyer brings those kind of intangible things to the table that we don't necessarily see but are pretty important? You know, last year in the Super Bowl, I I think it was worth mentioning that after that game, a lot of the guys on the defensive side of the ball said that Hoyer was a massive part of their preparation, kind of um, mimicking excuse me, the things that Jared Goff does with Sean McVay, the relaying of the plays in the headset before the clock ticks off, before the headset ticks off, and doing those kind of audibles at the line of scrimmage and working that Rams offense the way that it was going to be run in the game. They said that he just did a terrific job of doing that. That is a valuable skill um, for a team that is wants to go deep into the playoffs is that valuable enough to keep him on the roster if Sidham outplays him, though? That's the question.
1: Now, I know our boss, John Zanis, this is a pet peeve of his. So we're going to bring up a yes. question number four. How many special teams aces will the Patriots keep? And I think we can start with Matthew Slater is going to make this team, right? I oh, mean. Yeah. That there's no question that he is an undeniable leader and captain of the special teams unit. Uh, among the potential shocks, um, shocking cuts uh, in preseason is not going to be Matthew Slater.
0: No, it's not. And really, I think the thing is is that, uh, yeah, you're right, it's 100% going to drive our boss, It's nuts. <laughs> but they have right now, I would say, somewhere like six guys that are – predominantly special teams players only that are going to play only in the kicking game unless the emergency happens and they have to be thrust into a role on offense or defense that are not the kicker, the punter and the long snapper. So it's Matthew Slater it's Terrence Brooks, who's a veteran safety, who really plays mostly on special teams. Nate Ebner, Brandon King, Brandon Bolden, who we know all about, and Keon Crossan, who did play a little bit at quarterback last year, but I think is kind of being groomed as mostly a special teams player. Six guys, fitting those six guys onto the roster and really fitting nine special teams players onto the roster, if you count the specialists, the kicker, the punter, and the long snapper and Cardona. It, the numbers game at the other positions becomes really difficult. It becomes murky, and there's guys that you're going to have to let go to keep uh, Nate Ebner, for instance, on this team, who I do think has value, and obviously the ability to play in four or five different special teams units is very important to Bill Belichick, but at the same time, are you willing to part ways with a player that might help you at another position? Like Just for instance, as uh, an example, are you willing to cut... Dontrell Inman or Braxton Barrios or Mo Harris to keep Nate Ebner on this team. I mean, that's, I think one of those receivers could all of a sudden be a guy that is thrusted into a pretty big role, or you can have a guy that's going to play in the kicking game. I know where a lot of Patriots fans would go with that one and rather keep the wide receiver. But I think that some things that happen on special teams, you know, you got to side with Belichick on this one, that those hidden yards on special teams are the difference between winning and losing a lot of games in this league. I think
1: you absolutely have to trust his judgment on that because he has always rated uh, special teams as a full third, not, you know, 20%, not 15%. He rates it as a full third of the game simply because of what you just said, and that is field position. Okay, I wasn't going to ask this question, but something I don't know based on that special team's uh uncertainty. Are you gonna keep two punters, Jake Bailey and Ryan Allen?
0: Yeah, so this is another good question. So I think that what we saw in Minicamp, and you obviously don't want to make like too big out of like a couple of days in in the middle of the summer, but what we saw at Minicamp was that Ryan Allen certainly is the more consistent punter right now. He doesn't shank the ball quite as much as Jake Bailey, I guess is the simple way of putting it. But Bailey just has a mesmerizing leg. I mean, this guy can absolutely boot the heck out of the ball. So the question is, is do you want a guy in Bailey who can kind of, you know, foot field position in a much better way, I think, than Ryan Allen in terms of distance and just net yards on the punt? Or do you want the Mr. Consistent, Mr. Reliable, and Ryan Allen, who certainly has earned his way onto this team last year in the Super Bowl. He had a great performance. He's had a couple of other really good ones. So I think that's the question is do you want the consistency and the reliability, or do you want a guy that's a potential game changer at that position? I think a lot of people are convinced that Jake Bailey's like, pretty close to a roster lock because they spent a fifth-round pick on a punter. I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, Nick Cassero came out, right, and said it after day three of the draft and said, this is competition. If he doesn't make it, he doesn't make it. And that kind of tells me that they really felt like at that point of the draft they didn't have a ton of guys that still had draftable grades left that were still on the board, and they felt comfortable kind of taking a competition player, a tryout player, and a punter in Jake Bailey. But at the same time, Bailey is a very, very skilled, very talented punter that I think could kind of upgrade that position in the long term. But short term, his team is going to play in a lot of really big games, and you do really want to put a rookie in that position where he's kicking out of his own end zone in a Super Bowl where you know Ryan Allen has done been there and done that sort of thing.
1: All right, we're going to finish up with... Um, a category that always seems to be timely uh, towards cut-down day and right before opening day. And you know what that is. Which undrafted free agent makes the Patriots? I mean, it's an annual tradition, right, Evan? Right. And I'm going to throw some names out out at you, and please feel free to add on to this list. Offensive lineman Tyree St. Louis, offensive lineman Tyler Gauthier, uh, tight end Andrew Beck, Um, we're looking at, um, uh, Therese Hall, who is a linebacker, uh, anybody else, uh, Malik, uh, Gantt, by the way, a, uh, free safety, anybody else, uh, we should add to this list and, uh, would special teams be the determining factor as to whether or not an undrafted free agent makes this roster?
0: I think for some of these guys, they're going to have to make it through special teams. We're at 18 straight years, by the way, now, where the UDFA making the initial 53 dates back to 2004, where it started all started with Randall Gay. I'm sure you remember Randall Gay, Treggs, uh, back in '04, and that was when I it do. All Big play, yeah. Randall Gay. Yeah, exactly. He was the first UDFA to, in the Belichick era to kind of start, kickstart this whole entire thing. They have a lot of guys too that are still on the team. They have, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven UDFAs that they've kept over the years. Now, obviously Brian Hoyer and Brandon Bolden have gone other places and come back if you want to, you know, be technical with it. But those guys are all still on the team that made it as undrafted rookies. But I think the name that you didn't mention just to add to the list is Jacoby Myers, a wide receiver from NC State, who is predominantly a slot guy at NC State, but he's a really smart kid, put up great numbers in that offense offense playing with a lot of really good playmakers though Kelvin Harman, a pretty good quarterback and Ryan Finley as well but at the same time he put up numbers in that offense he is a very heady player he's going to understand kind of the ins and outs he used to play quarterback actually so that those kind of quarterback conversion guys I mean obviously Edelman's the big one that always stands out that we don't want to compare a lot of guys to him but There are other guys that have played both quarterback and wide receiver and have kind of worked out in this system because you really do need to look at Every single route, like you're the quarterback based off of the coverage, what kind of route you're going to run. So I think that I, I'm a little bit optimistic that maybe Myers could make some noise in camp. He's a bigger guy too. He's not one of these small pesky slot receivers that we're used to in New England. He's six foot two. He's a thick framed guy. I, I think that a guy like Therese Haldo, you mentioned him, who they've given a decent amount of UDFA money to is going to have to make the team via special teams, but he is a guy that has a lot of athleticism, a lot of raw, ability, but really the mental side of the game is a little bit fast for him right now, and he's not always in the right spot positionally at linebacker. But I think the guy that really has the best chance just based off of the roster construction and all that stuff is Andrew Beck. I mean – This tight end competition behind Ben Watson, with the suspension to Ben Watson especially, I guess Matt Lacoste is probably your best bet at tight end until Ben Watson comes back. But really, if Andrew Beck made this team over Ryan Izzo or Steven Anderson, I don't think anybody would be surprised. I mean, what are those guys bringing to the table that Beck isn't? We'll have to find out, but it's not like those guys have a ton of NFL experience to hang their hat on that Beck doesn't have.
1: What are you looking forward to the most, Evan, about the coverage, uh, the practices? What has you the most geeked up?
0: Actually, I think going to the joint practices in Detroit is probably what has me the most geeked up because that's really where you get to see. I think a lot of these preseason games, we're not going to see a ton of the ones versus the ones. But in the joint practices, I think we'll see a decent amount of it. And I'm really kind of fascinated to see how Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick kind of work together at these practices because last year I actually you know, started to think about it a little bit more. I think that you can pretty much say that Belichick and, and Patricia were exchanging some notes with a lot of the game planning that they were doing last year. So I think there's a ton of mutual respect between those two guys that maybe goes a little bit under the radar. So I'm very interested to see how those guys kind of work together. And does Patricia throw some things at the Patriots and Belichick to kind of keep them on their toes and get them ready for the season and vice versa. So I think that those are going to be really fun to watch. But I think that in general, this team right now has basically two rookie classes coming in, more or less. They have about 14 or 15 guys that are essentially rookies. And I'm really looking forward to seeing a lot of those guys on the field. You know, Isaiah Wynn, um for example, Duke Dawson, Juwan Bentley is now back in the mix. And obviously all the guys in this year's rookie class.
1: Well, I can say this, uh, not just because I work with the guy. Nobody has the coverage that Evan Lazar will have on CLNS covering Thanks. the Patriots. Oh, you're very welcome, sir. Um, just make you- are always
0: so nice to me when I come on. Well,
1: home. that means you better freaking save me a spot under the tent. You got it. Alright? That's the you deal. Got it. I want to yeah. thank everybody for downloading today's podcast and thank our great guest and my buddy, my colleague, Evan Lazar, covering the Patriots for CLNS. You should be following him on Twitter at ezlazar, and, of course, follow his coverage at clnsmedia.com. Also want to thank our great sponsors, Manscaped and BetOnline.com. A G For producer Mike Alangi and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriot Speed Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media Podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast, or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.